Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We're actually kicking off a new series today, and our series is designed to help us think beyond this world. Designed to help us think beyond this world. There's a place after the one that we're living in. And I'm sure you guys already know this, but we all have values intrinsically. We all have values, things that are important to us. And our, our priorities actually come out of our values, don't they? They do. They come out of our values. And so, you know, when you became a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, I should say that, if you are a follower of Jesus, what happened is that when you gave your life to Him, you received a new set of kingdom values, didn't you? Guys, you said that you were awake and you were bringing your A game. I got like one. Guys, yeah? Did you receive a new set of kingdom values? That's right. Okay, okay. So what happened is you became a Christian and then you realized, hey, this is the way that God has asked me to live. And what did you do? You began to change your life to bring it in alignment with those kingdom values, correct? That's what happens. You know, we change our lives so that we can live in alignment with what Jesus wants for our lives. And one of the things that I have noticed that Jesus cares about, one of His values is how we manage our wealth. Did you know that? It really matters to Him. He cares about how we manage our wealth. And I know that at church, we just we, we talk about spiritual things, yeah? Yes, we do. For those of you that are, for the uninitiated, uh, we, we talk about spiritual things here at church. So, so why, are we, why are we talking about why are we talking about finances? Is that a spiritual thing? Yeah. Do you know what we call it? We call it stewardship. And what you need to know is that stewardship matters to God sometimes more than we think and more than we realize. And so what we've got to do is start to bring our lives into alignment with the way that God wants us to live. So we're doing this series, goes for four weeks, helping us to think beyond this world. Why? Because Jesus cares about how people use their wealth. Jesus cares about how people use their wealth. And I know I just say that to a room full of people and there's maybe different thoughts in here. Maybe one of those thoughts, people thinking, oh, thank God, this is only for the wealthy people. So it's not for me. This is just for the wealthy people. The wealthy people, the wealthy people. uh, Who's wealthy? Who's who's wealthy? What does it mean to be wealthy? Do you know that they've done studies about this stuff? They've done studies to try to figure out what people think wealthy is. And I'll give you a clue. It's a moving target. It shifts, it changes. So they did a survey. They said, hey, who's rich and who's wealthy? And do you know what the research discovered? Is that people think that wealthy or rich is roughly double whatever they have. (laughs) Right? So, you know, you find a person that earns $50,000 a year and what do they think? They go, ooh, if I was to earn, you know, just... $100,000 $100,000 a year, man, I would be so rich. I, I would have, I would have I'd, after all, I'd have $50,000 more. I'd be rich, right? But then you go and find somebody that earns $100,000 and you say, hey, do you feel rich? And they're like, me, $100,000? No, no, no. All my money is allocated. It all goes other places. I don't see any of it, you know? Uh, and w- what do you say is rich? 
What would a person with $100,000 say a rich person is? There's somebody with what? Two. That's right. You guys are doing addition and it's multiplication. You know, you guys are so good, right? So, so, so a person with $200,000 is rich. What do you think a person with $200,000 says? They're like, oh, I don't see any of it. You know, it's allocated. It goes here, it goes there. You know, who's really rich, right? See, do you see how it's a moving target? It's like everyone just lives their life thinking that people above them are in the wealthy bracket, but it doesn't really work like that. What if we said this just to kind of level the playing field? If you live in Australia and you have a job, you're in the top 4% of earners globally. Right, so, so if we were to just, you know, put a circle around the earth, you know, circle around the, the globe, not, no flat earthers here, because it's a circle, right? I figure we're already talking about money, let's get really controversial with the, with the flat earth thing. So, so if you were to put a circle around the earth and, and say, right, uh, who's rich and who's wealthy? Probably, you know, if we were gonna say it globally, uh, people that live in Australia. And I realize it's not all apples and apples because we have different costs and it's all subjective. But at the end of the day, if you live here, you're doing better than a lot of the world, you know? So when I think about what we're reading, what this series is about, who is this for? Well, it's for you. It's for me, it's, it's for us. In fact, you might not be aware of this but half the parables that Jesus told were about money. Did you know that? Up to half the parables that He spoke about is clearly something that's important to Him. And I think that when Jesus spoke about money to people, even in His day, it probably made them feel uncomfortable. You know, because they're like, hey, spiritual guide, we just came here to hear about spiritual things. Don't talk to us about our money. If I want to learn about what to do with my money, I'll go see my financial advisor. I, 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 okay, so, so I'll put my life in silos. Uh, church for spiritual things, Jesus for spiritual things. Don't talk to me about my money. That's where my accountant comes in. That's where my financial planner comes in. What Jesus is really saying is, no, 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 it's all together. Like it all, it all matters. It, they, these things, they, they come together as a package deal for us. And, and I'm sure that God... Oh, Jesus made people feel uncomfortable when He spoke about what people should do with their, their wealth when He told all of His parables, especially anybody that was materialistic, you know? Materialistic. The, the, I'll give you just two tenets of materialism. It's that number one, there is no God. And, and number two, um, everything, this, this, this stuff, this is all we have. It's just materialism. There's no spiritual thing. There's, all we have is, is just this stuff. And since there's no God and all we have is what we can touch and, and, and hold, then guys, if that's true, well, come on, everybody, live large. Let's have a party. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. So come on, let, let's just have a party. Of course, if there is a creator. And we are eternally responsible for how we use our temporal possessions, then we should be deliberate with how we use our wealth, right? Oh, come on, everybody. Would we agree with that? Like, if there is a creator, listen, if there is a creator, mm -hmm. how many of you would agree with that? All right, so if there's a creator and we are eternally responsible for what we do with our temporal possessions, yeah, then we should be deliberate in how we use our wealth, right? Okay, so that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this series. So um, 
I want to read a scripture to you. And just to bring you up to speed, give you some context, Jesus is speaking to thousands of people. And he's actually in the middle of this part where he's talking to them about acknowledging who the Christ is. You know, you've got to acknowledge the Son of Man. You know, so you, what does that mean? Like, don't, don't be shy about sharing your faith. If you're a believer in God, tell other people about it. Acknowledge Him before people. Then He'll acknowledge you before, you know, your Father who's in heaven. So He's, he's, he's telling them some really great stuff. Because He's interrupted along the way by a guy who's kind of having his own conversation in his head. And, and this scripture comes to us out of Luke chapter 12, begins in verse 13. And the, the heading in my Bible says the parable of the rich fool. Which, you know, kind of could sound like an oxymoron, Right? The rich fool, the rich fool, because you think, well, if he's rich, he's got to be kind of smart, right? I mean, he's been able to obtain what so many people on this earth are constantly striving for, right? So if he's been able to get it and other people can't, he must be kind of, he must be smart. And Jesus says, no, 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 he's a fool. He's rich, but he's He's still a fool. So let's begin verse 13. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And I just think, where is this guy's head at? Where is his heart? Like Jesus is in a teaching moment saying, guys, don't forget, you got to acknowledge the Son of Man. Don't forget, you must acknowledge the Christ. And this guy's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, would you tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me? He just kind of interrupted the the teaching moment. Do you think that for one minute that he was even listening to what Jesus was saying? No, he wasn't listening. He, He had his own conversation going on in his head. He wasn't listening to Jesus at all. His own thoughts somehow drowned out the preacher. Oh, I... I look at that, I think, man, this is crazy. I I know this could happen at some churches, not Bright Church. That would never happen at Bright Church. Your own thoughts would never drown out the preacher, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. You've never, you've never been in a church service where you're singing and you're like, I just want you and nothing else. I've got to mow the lawns. What are we doing for lunch? I just, I just want you, yeah, yeah? That's never happened to you in your life. You've been engaged for 100% of the service all of the time, right? You don't compete with your own thoughts. Never at Bright Church. Verse 14, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, so now he's stepping it up. He's not just talking to the guy that asked the question. He's going, (laughs) great teaching moment. Everybody listen up, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, which is greed. For one's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. Wouldn't that be good if we could just get that locked in our hearts? It's not about the clothes that you wear or how cool people think you are or the kind of car that you drive. It doesn't, that's not what actually makes you amazing in the eyes of God. Who are you living for today? Verse 16, and he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. Now, when we see that, you got, I know that I say that to you and this next part could be lost on you. So let me just draw it out for a moment. When the 
the land of a rich man produces plentifully, what they would say is that is a blessing from God. That's what they would say. The Hebrew people, the Jews, they would say that is a blessing from God. Why is it a blessing from God? Well, who provides the sunshine and who provides the rain? Okay, so if God is providing sunshine and rain and this guy has a bumper crop like it's amazing, the people that heard this would have been going, oh, wow, this is amazing. God has really, really blessed this rich man. Here's what happens next. And he thought to himself, the rich man, the rich fool, he thought to himself, now... I just can't help but think what would have been better if after receiving that bumper crop, he had prayed instead of thinking to himself. Maybe would have come up with a few other options than the one that he ended up on. We should pray about, yeah, we should pray about what to do with our wealth, right? Okay. So he thinks to himself, what shall I do for I've got nowhere to store my crops? That's not true. Because he did, uh, he, he just needed more room for the crops that he had. Because he, he already had barns, right? He just needed more for what his excess right so we already had room uh, but he was running out of room because he was blessed verse 18 and he said I'll do this I'll tear down my barns see I told you he had barns he already had them and I'll build larger ones and there I'll store all my grain and my goods verse 19 and I will say to myself so you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink be merry like I said before but God said to him fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And then if you're reading along today and you have a, a Bible with you, I would underline this next part, verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is what? Not rich toward God. What are you doing with all of your stuff? What are you doing with all of your stuff? We've all got stuff. We've got lots of stuff. We collect it. We've all got plenty. What are you, what are you, what are you doing with all of your stuff? It's amazing how it accumulates over the years. You're buying stuff, you don't even realize it's accumulating. We moved house last year. And when we moved house, we decided we we're going to do a, a clean out. You ever done this? And you're like, well, we won't. We don't really have that much to throw out, do we? We got a two cubic meter skip and filled it with broken kids' toys. At some point, we paid for those things. Now, we're here we are just a few years later, and what is it? It's going to the rubbish tip. And, and we actually gave away as many of the good things. Don't give your, don't give your broken stuff to Vinnie's or, or the Salvos. Like you give your good stuff to them. So we gave them all of our good stuff and we still, hey, we still filled that skip. I was like, how do we have all this stuff? What have we been buying over the last couple of years? Yeah, we well, have three kids and you start to accumulate a lot of stuff. You know, they go through all those different stages and toys at every stage to help them grow and learn. And then what is it? It's landfill. You know, that's what ends up happening with it. Now, your heart, your heart is a desire machine. And it just wants stuff, okay? It just wants stuff. Have you ever come to a place where you think, I think I'm truly happy. And then you see something you're like, if I just, but if I just had that, then my life would be complete. After that, I don't think I'd need anything else. I promise you this. If you get whatever that is, you'll find something else 
We always do. What do we want? We want stuff. We, we like cars. We like phones. We want, you know, maybe new laptops. We, 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 we like this stuff. It, 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 we, we, we like lattes. They're probably a necessity, okay? I'll admit, okay, that's, that's important. Your caffeine hit. Someone's receiving that word. I see that hand. I see that hand. So, so, so you know, yeah, latte, okay. So that's, that sits in the budget of have to buy this stuff. What about grilled? That's important too. You ever had a grilled burger? If you haven't, life gets better from here, everybody. So, so you know, um, there are some things that we have to buy. There's some things that we want to buy, but we get all of this stuff, right? Now, all of that stuff that you love, all that stuff that you love, like I told you, you know where that, where that ends up? It ends up in op shops or landfill. The stuff that you want. I mean, if you wait long enough. Even the really important stuff, it's going to break down eventually. Everything breaks down eventually. Like even if it's past your lifetime, it's going to end up being landfill somewhere, or, you know. And we live in such a consumeristic culture and, and society. Like, but by the time I finish this message, you will probably need to buy a new iPhone. The one that you're currently using will no longer operate on the network that you're currently using. It'll, up be, it'll be upgraded by the end of this message. You'll just have to go out and buy a new one. And we will go ahead and do it. Why? Well, we couldn't live without our phones, right? So, so, so you know, we, we accumulate this stuff. Now, what you need to know is that God doesn't mind that you have it. All right? God doesn't mind that you have it. I don't know where you thought this message was going. You, didn't, you weren't having your own conversation ahead of the preacher, were you? You weren't thinking that. You weren't, you, weren't, you weren't having your own conversation. No, you're just listening to me. Hanging on every word, amen? Well, I'm just prophesying over myself in Jesus' name. So, But, you know, this, this is the thing. This is, you know, we, we, we accumulate this stuff and God doesn't mind. He, he doesn't mind. You, you want to buy a new car? Seriously, go for it. You want to buy a house? Awesome, go for it. He doesn't mind if you have stuff. What He minds is when the stuff you keep collecting is way out of balance. Yeah? That's, that's what he minds because we're reading a story about a rich guy that becomes a rich fool. Did you notice that he was already a rich guy? How do we know he was rich? Because he was a farmer. He had land. He had barns. Back then, you're a farmer with land and barns and you're producing crops. He's already rich. And what did you notice about that? Is that God came along and blessed a guy that was already rich. Did you notice that? He blessed a guy that already had heaps. That might upset you, but it doesn't upset God. Apparently he's happy to bless someone that is wealthy, but for the right reasons. The thing is, when we read this story, the thing that made God really upset is that he didn't manage his blessing. He didn't manage his blessing. And that's what we call poor or bad stewardship. And what you need to know is that God hates that. It actually gets him really cross. It gets him really angry when people don't manage their resources appropriately. Like disproportionately, like I think this is one of those things where we start to take on kingdom values that might not necessarily align with our own. This is when we start to think beyond our world and say, well, God, what do you say about this? And we start to come into alignment with Him because He actually cares a lot about this. And it's so evident in so many scriptures. I remember um, years ago, and you know, I know, I know I've told this story before, but like, like I say, like I'm, I'm 40 years old. Guys, I've only got so many stories and, and you know, I'm sure I'll accumulate some more, but this one's a good one because I just don't think I've ever had a conversation quite like this before. I was in the car with my boss. We were driving and, you know, we we're just talking about, uh, you know, the quarter and how much 
I was billing and how things are going and financially how things are going, how are you and your wife going? And, and so I began to talk about, you know, the money that I, that I give away. And I said, I have a, uh, like a sponsored child and um, we give away, you know, like over 10% of our income to our church, right? And, and I'm starting to say these things and like, she could not believe it. And, and the thing you need to know about my boss is that she was rich. How rich? Well, she had double whatever I had, okay? So, so she was rich. No, no, but honestly, she probably had like quadruple. Like it was crazy. Like her and her husband put together their combined income and, and, and their lives, like everyone knew they were doing really, really well. So here she is doing, doing really, really well. And I said, yeah, you, you know, have you ever, do you have a sponsor child or, you know, do you give money to a cause or something like that? She was like, oh no. She goes, no. She, goes, I, she said, if, if, I, if I gave that money away, then, then I would have less. I'm like, yeah, I understand the principle. <laughs> I understand how giving works. You know, I do it, right? It's all theory for you, but I'm practically doing this, okay? If I gave it away, I, I would have less. She said, I know where every single cent goes and I'm... And important, if it's important to me, I give to it, you know, or I sow into it or whatever, you know, I, I, for a house or whatever it is. Right? And, but she doesn't give anything away, no sponsored children. It's all the money that she had. It was all for her. And I remember thinking to myself, are you joking me? You can't create any margin even in your budget? That's wild. I was like shocked. I couldn't help but think about, you know, the missed opportunities like the missed opportunities that this lady had in life, think of it, she could have made a difference in so many people's lives. She could just help so many people. And she didn't because she created larger barns. She kept it all for herself and it blew me away. I, sometimes I think about the opportunity cost. Like what is it costing you know, people right now when we have some people with a lot of the world's wealth and and other people with like none of the world's wealth. And imagine if the people that had it, you know, like the top 4% of earners globally, what if, what if the people that had it had a heart of generosity and could change the lives of people that didn't have it? You know, I, I started to think about that. I think, man, we got to get a heart for this and, and begin to understand it. I, I read this passage of scripture and I realized something about wealth was that God wasn't, angry that the man was rich. He doesn't, God doesn't mind rich people. He's okay that people were rich. He was angry that the man created a new way to hide his excess. How'd he do it? Created new barns. What would we call that? We'd call it upgrade. And we have the capacity to literally upgrade every single part of our lives. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that greed disguises itself as need and hides your excess. Greed disguises itself as need and hides your excess. The man built new barns, but we can, geez, we can build a lot of stuff. We can buy a lot of stuff, subscribe to a lot of stuff. And then what happens? We're just like all those other people, right? How much do you earn? 50. Oh, but I don't see any of it. How much do you earn? 100, but I never see any of it. Oh, it's all allocated. It all goes other places. 
See, if we live this way, where we basically have no margin because it's all allocated, it's possible that we're just living beyond our means or right up to the absolute limit, but we've got nothing to share with anyone else. And man, this matters so much to God. I read this story and one of the things that I thought about is, man, we don't need to just manage our, our finances or manage our wealth. We need to manage our souls. We need to manage our souls. What's your soul? What's your soul? It's your mind, your intellect, your emotions. You need to mind it. You know, sometimes we call that the heart. You got to you got to mind your soul. Why? Well, because this man <laughs> had a conversation with his soul. That's weird. And what did he say to his soul? He told his soul to relax. Soul, hey soul, yeah, relax. Have you ever told anyone to relax? And what was the condition that necessitated you to say relax? They were what? Stressed. They were what? Anxious. They were worried. That's why you tell anyone to relax. Hey, bro, just relax. Stop stressing. Stop worrying. This guy had to tell his soul, hey, stop stressing. Stop worrying. And what did he tell his soul to relax about? Stop stressing. I, I think we've got enough now. I think we've got enough. Just, just relax. See, sometimes that thing gets out of control. And a fear of never having enough will keep you from being generous. Why? Because you need it all. You need it all. It's all for you. I can't be generous. How can I be generous? I don't even have enough yet. Yeah, but if that thing gets out of control, when will you ever be able to break through and be generous? If fear is directing and guiding your life. Not only that, I read this story and I think, how did the man get the bumper crop anyway? How did he get the bumper crop? God blessed him. Okay. Sunshine, rain, God blessed him. The man doesn't even have the faith to expect that next season could be just as good. It's like, oh, this is it. I'm just really lucky. Lucky I came across this, this bumper crop. I should keep everything because I'm just super lucky. But is it, is it luck? Is that the way that it works? Or maybe just God bless him. He doesn't expect that God can bless him again. I mean, we see this in Scripture over and over again, and we've got to realize sometimes the reason that God gave something to us, it's not for us, it's meant to pass through us to other people. So what does the Scripture say? Is that God will bless you, and that blessing passes through your hands to people that need it. Listen to what it says. You don't have this on the screens. I just want to read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for what? Sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. You see that? You'll be enriched in every way to be what? In every way. So not everything that comes to you is for you. Sometimes it's meant to go, what, through you. And it's meant to go to other people. Now, I know that the story that we're reading about today, this guy's a made up guy. It's a made up story. He's not even real. It's just Jesus made up this guy. So it's kind of hard to imagine what he would have been thinking because he's not a real guy. But if you just go with me, 
Maybe I'm stretching this a little bit. I try to get myself in the frame of mind. How did this guy even get to this point where he thought, oh, I need it all? I thought maybe it was just his worldview, just what he was surrounded by. He's like, he obviously was anxious and worried that he didn't have enough. You know, what's enough? When, when do you know that you've got it? Well, maybe what he was doing, he was comparing what he had to what other people had. Well, they've got more than me. I don't even have as, I don't even have as much as them. Uh, you know, maybe he was just trying to keep up with the Joneses, peering over the neighbor's fence, seeing what they got, getting jealous and saying, well, I don't understand how they can have that. I, think, I thought we earned about the same amount of money. Where does that come from? How does he have that, right? And, and maybe he's comparing himself. And maybe, 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 have you understand that sometimes people in financial classes, they kind of clump together. Have you noticed that? That oftentimes wealthy people keep the company of other wealthy people. Yeah? So if that's your worldview and maybe his friends were around him and they said, oh man, you are so lucky, not blessed, lucky that you got that money. And you are so lucky what you should do, prepare for your future. Oh, I've heard some shocking stories where people run out. You know how it is for us guys. So, you know, what you should do, you should tear down your barns and you should build new ones. That'd be a great way. Like maybe he's getting the wrong advice. Maybe what he did is instead of praying about it and, and, and getting that spiritual insight, maybe what he did is he just divided between the, the sacred and the secular. And he said, oh, so, so my money is secular and, and, and my life, my spiritual life is sacred. So when it comes to my wealth and my money, I, I don't need to go to God about that. You know what I should do? I should go see my financial planner. I'll go see my financial planner. I'll go see my accountant. And, and whenever you go and see anybody like this, you know what their plan is? Not to build the kingdom of God. Yeah, because you're their client. And what is their job? To insulate you against future possible problems, famines that could come along. So maybe he went and saw his financial planner and he said, oh, look, you think it's enough for your retirement, but it's not. You know what I would say? I would say you need to tear down the barns that you've got, build new ones, make them really big so you can store everything that God has blessed you with. Keep it all for you just in case. See, the problem is if we just take advice from friends or, or planners and those things are good, you know, there's some wisdom in that. But if we, all we do is take advice from them and never allow God to speak into our lives in that way, there is coming a day where you will stand before God. And when He says to you, what did you do with your wealth? You'll be like, well, I spoke to John about it and he, uh, well, he was there at the time and uh, I went and saw my financial planner. He's got to be back here somewhere. My financial planner and he, uh, whew, okay, so it's just me. You won't be standing there with your friends. You won't be blaming anyone else. When you're standing before God and He asks you, what did you do with your wealth? It'll be just you and Him. And when it's you and Him, you will either have been generous or you will have been greedy, maybe somewhere between the middle. But no one else is saying, oh, I'll take the hit for that one because they're not there. It's just you and it's just God and you'll have to give it an answer. And I just thought, hey, you know what we should do? We should do a series beyond this world so that we could start thinking about that conversation while we've got the time to change it. Yeah, because if we can think beyond this world and there is a God and we don't just have this stuff and we're not materialistic people, 
then we could start to live not just for this world, but we could live for something beyond this world. That, uh, that just makes sense to me. So when we read the scriptures and we go, okay, well, you know, I understand what you're saying, Pastor Ben, but there are multiple times that people have, you know, used barns and stored things. What about, what about Joseph? You, you, know, you know Joseph? It's like six of you. How long have you been in church for, people? We must have covered this at some... Have I preached on Joseph? I've done, have I done it? At, I've done it at some point. I'm sure you were here. So what did Joseph do? Well, Joseph, he gets promoted from the prison to the palace and he interprets the dream of Pharaoh. And he understands there's going to be seven years of like a feast. It's going to be plenty. Right? So the land will produce plentifully for seven years, but that'll be followed by seven years of famine. So Joseph being smart started to devise strategy. Hey, Pharaoh, you're going to have to store this and start to tax the people so that when we go through that famine, we've got enough to survive, you know? So hang on, people have stored grain before. Why, what's the problem with this? Well, well that, that's what we call stewardship. And what's the difference between Joseph and the guy that Jesus talked about? The difference is the guy stored way more than he needed and it was all for him. It was greed. And that's the difference. You know what the big indicator is? That this guy wasn't a great steward? Jesus called him a rich fool. Like that should be the biggest sign to us. You know, well, how come he wasn't a steward? Well, remember what Jesus said, the rich fool. Otherwise, if, if we should take our cue from this guy, the parable would be called the super smart guy that you should listen to that's also rich. That would be the heading, all right? Guys, I'm going to read to you. And the heading at the top of my Bible says, the really smart guy that stored all his money and you should follow his example. We're going to read today from like, it doesn't say that, does it? What does Jesus call him? He says, he's a rich fool. He's, he's blessed, but he's a, he's a fool. He, he was thinking to himself, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Enough. What's Enough. Like, you know, what really is enough? Well, it's different for different people, right? Yeah, so if you're single, enough might be one thing. If you're a couple, you're married, it might be another. What if you're divorced and you had to split your assets? Maybe that's different. What if you've got a small family? What if you've got a large family? See, like enough, it's like, well, what do we need? Like, do we, have, do we have enough? And you go, listen, at the end of the day, you're responsible for what you do with your stuff. You know? I guess it's different for different people. I, I said this to Sarah at the beginning of this year, and not like she didn't need to know. She's the head of maths at her school. She teaches maths. Like, she didn't need my help with this, but I said to her, I said, hey, I said, sweetheart, just so you know, we are coming into the most expensive decade of our lives. You know why? We got three kids. The oldest is 13. The youngest is seven. And they like cost money. Like, can we do some real talk? I'll tell you something. I'll just, I'll tell you. This is out of our, this was, wasn't really in, in my budget, um, but it was something that needed to be done. So in the last couple of weeks, what did I have to do? I, I actually had to buy a pair of, runners because the other ones were completely gone holes you know nearly foot coming through the bottom 
Absolutely. Yep. Need a new pair of runners. Needed a, a new pair of basketball shoes and a new pair of glasses. And those three things went to just one of my kids. All three went to just one of my kids. And I don't need to tell you who, but he's 13 and serving, serving on production right now. Okay, so we don't have, let's not bring him up, okay. But all three of those things went to one child. He is worth it. And like, that's just like, oh gosh, yeah, it's come up again. So, so guys, I live in reality. So what's enough? What is enough? What's enough? I don't know, how much, how much do you need? I'll tell you what I do know. If you live with a sense of fear that you'll never have enough, whatever you get, it'll never, ever be enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never be generous. Why? Because you need it all. And the problem is there is a cost attached to that. And I think a lot of people, if we thought beyond this world, we would understand the cost that's attached, but it's okay, because I'm gonna tell you what it is. There's a principle in the Bible, and you'll see this repeated multiple times, that your eternal reward is based on the management of your temporal possessions. Yeah? Your eternal reward is based on how you manage your temporal possessions. You know, the, you know the stuff, guys, that is going to end up in the junkyard? That's gonna be, you know the stuff that's going to be landfill? Yeah. Well, careful how you manage that stuff because you will receive blessings in eternity and a reward in eternity that will be proportionate to how you manage that landfill. I can't help but think like a thousand years from now when you're like 900 years into eternity. Sounds crazy, but... You know, you're 900 years into eternity, you think, gosh, gosh if I could have just gone back, oh, I would have just lived differently, managed things differently. But guess what? You could do it right now. Why? Because if we can think beyond this world, like right now, we can put the right things in our life. This man, come on, let's be honest. This, this man that Jesus made up, he never planned to die. No one ever plans to die. Like it just, sometimes it just happens. And all the stuff that he had, it went to other people. There are two sad parts to this story. The first part is that the guy could have made a difference in the lives of his town, his village. Imagine if he had been generous and changed the village that he was in and said, hey, guys, if you're struggling, come see me. I'll look after you. I'll, God has blessed me. I let it go through me to you. So, so he didn't help people. And that's a sad part. But the second sad part the part that cost him in eternity that he didn't even realize was coming. The second sad part is that his eternal blessings were proportionate to how he managed that wealth. And since he kept it all and stored it for himself, what happened to the guy? Isn't that sad? Well, we got to think about it. So how much is enough? How much is enough? If you think when I have enough, then I will be generous. You are lying to yourself. Because generosity is a value that you will express wherever you are. So if you think one day when I've got enough, then I'll be generous, it won't happen. The second part that you really want to be aware of is that you have no idea when, and listen in, the window for opportunity to be generous, you don't know when it closes. Because this man had no idea. And God said to him, you fool. 
Your soul is required of you today. It's happening now. You don't have time to do what you wanted to do. I know you said one day you'll be generous, one day you'll give, one day you'll help, one day you'll make a difference, but you no longer have any opportunity to do that because the window is tonight. It's happening right now. And now as a result of how you've lived, you will spend eternity with a reward that's proportionate to how you lived. We don't know when the window is closing. What does that mean? It means stop delaying the things that God has said to you. Don't wait. Own generosity. Do it now. Do it today. Go back home. I don't know. Do a new budget. Create some margin. And I just want to flag something because, you know, when I say this, I'm saying it to a room full of people. And let's be honest, sometimes things will pop up like a medical thing that no one knew was coming and is just bleeding you dry. That's not what we're talking about, is it? So let's not, you know, be preaching while the preacher is preaching in our heads and going, yeah, what about this? You know, because you know what he's talking about? Probably, you know, 90% of people that, that are just living their lives. There's no big drama. You're just living beyond your means with no margin to be generous because it's all taken up. It's all going out. It's all going everywhere. Why? Because you just built bigger barns. And that's the kind of thing that we're meant to be thinking about right now. So if I, if, I, if I preach this message to you today and I just left this at, so that's it guys. The message is to just be generous. If I just said that to you, do you know what? In all honesty, I actually wouldn't be doing a very good job of sticking to what this is talking about because I've only told you half the story. You remember I told you that last line that we, that we needed to underline in our Bible? Do you remember that? That, that? Because that was indicative of why He told the story, correct? Okay, so what was the last line? Verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is what? Not rich towards God. Because that was the point, wasn't it? That was the point. So, like, how do you do that? How do you be rich towards God? You serve Him with your wealth. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. In all honesty, start giving to church if you're not doing it. Give to church. Bless people in your life. Have a margin in your life that you're able to give. That's what it means to be generous towards God. You, you be generous towards the kingdom of God by advancing the message of the gospel. There is one organization on planet earth that exists solely to promote that message. And that's what we need to get behind. Jesus loved it so much that he gave up his life for it. I think everything we give after that, come on, let's face it, it's well below what he gave, but he sacrificed his only son so that the church could be birthed, so that the gospel could be proclaimed, so that people would know who Jesus is. Now, if I just told you, oh, that this message is just about being generous in, you know, to people, okay, but where would we go wrong? Let's say you are generous to people and, and you know, you give and you help people out and they do just a little bit better than they would have done if you weren't generous towards them. So they coast through life a little bit better off because you were kind and you were generous. If all it is is about just giving a little bit of money away to a few people that need it, okay, fine. But what if we were to think beyond this world? How much better are they 
beyond this world. Because if all we do is improve their life till the end of their life, but they still don't have the gospel, then there's eternity to think about. And so what we are meant to be doing as the church, gosh, don't think that anyone else from the outside is gonna come in and own what we do. It comes from within. It comes from us. We own this. We own this message. We build the church. We're doing everything we can to advance the gospel and the kingdom of God. So if we do that, what happens? People won't just do a little bit better off in life. They'll be in heaven for eternity and that's worth everything, right? Why don't you stand to your feet? I'm gonna finish really quickly. We need an eternal perspective on our temporal possessions. We need to manage our wealth, make sure our lives are in alignment with what God has asked us to do. So what I wanna do right now is I, I wanna pray just a general prayer, and this might include you. If it's you, you'll know, but why don't we just close our eyes and have this moment with God. God, we thank You so much that You are good, You are kind, You are generous. We know, God, that we could never outgive You. We could never do it. And so, God, we are sorry when our lives, we are sorry when our lives are out of balance. When we have a disproportionate amount of income going to things that we value, but we don't prioritize the things of the kingdom, we are sorry for that. And Father, I pray that our lives would be different, that we would change, that God, we would start to have our, our spiritual eyes open, that we would think beyond the world that we're living in, we would start really caring about the things that matter to You. Help us, God, to be generous. Help us, God, to manage our margins. Help us, God, to live life in accordance with how You've called us to live. In Jesus' Name I pray, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.